Hey, busy mama. Is it just me or does 18 years under your roof go by way too fast? When your kids were little, those days and nights seemed to never end. Yet somehow the years flew by. If only you could slow time down. And when it feels like there's always so much to do as a mom with kids of any age, cleaning, cooking, consoling, carpooling, how in the world can you cram all you need to do to raise amazing kids who love the Lord into 18 short years without being in a hurry? You can't, at least not the world's way, and definitely not on your own. Today, we're going to take a look at how Jesus had a sense of urgency, yet lived life at a slower pace, which allowed him to be truly present in the moment and then to follow his example. Are you ready to slow down our hearts as we think about our roles this Mother's Day in any season of motherhood or life for that matter? Good, let's dive in. Hey, busy girl, welcome to the Redeem Her Time podcast. Do you wish you were able to actually follow through on intentions and know where God wants you to focus? Do you find yourself looking up daily routines, time management, or life balance? You try to stick to your priorities, but find yourself overwhelmed and overcommitted because you said yes yet again. That's not the life he intends for you. Hey, I'm Lissa, Christian time management coach, priorities protector, and recovering to-do list girl. And I get it. I filled my plate with all the things and felt stretched too thin and only half present. I wanted to say no without the guilt so I could be available for what mattered most. But I felt like I didn't have enough time energy, or self-discipline to make it all happen. Then, God led me to manage my time with faith as a foundation. On this podcast, you'll discover how to know what He's called you to, make the best use of your time, and overcome distractions so you can be more present, and lovingly say no. It's time to give your best time and attention to what matters in this season and in light of eternity. Grab something to sip and open up your heart and calendar. I'm about to show you how to redeem your time with God at the center of it all. You ready? Hey friend, how are you feeling today? I'm guessing many different emotions may be coming up for you around Mother's Day. Perhaps it's love, joy, and gratitude because you have embraced the gift of motherhood and benefited from a mom who poured into you. Or it could be feelings like sadness, loneliness, and grief especially if you did not have a positive experience around motherhood or being mothered, you've lost your own mother, you're struggling with infertility, or you're grieving the loss of a child. And if you're like me and a lot of busy Christian women, you may feel pressure to be the Pinterest worthy mom who looks like she has it all together, but underneath the facade, you're overwhelmed or stressed by all the responsibilities which only leads to feeling guilty for not living up to the expectations of others and the obligations you think you must fulfill to others or to yourself. So if you're not feeling all the warm fuzzies about motherhood in the season you're in, know that it's okay and that you're not alone. The emotions that come up for us around Mother's Day can be complex and challenging to navigate. Speaking of emotions, we all know you can't always trust your emotions, which can vary from day to day. Or, let's be honest, from moment to moment, especially as mom. So may I caution you, 
to not make decisions based on how you feel. Instead, make choices based on what you know to be true, which is why, especially as moms, we need others around us. Others who will point out the amazing things we do do each day to love our kids, no matter how young or old they are. Others who will push us to keep learning, to keep leaning in, to be fully present with our kids, whether they're in the next room or across the country. And others from whom we can learn from their example. So if you want to hang out with some other amazing Christian women who are seeking to grow and to be more present in motherhood or any season of life, you're invited to come join the free Redeemer Time community. We're not perfect, but we're progressing and we're learning to be present one moment at a time together. And as a community, we're about to start the five day Let's Ruthlessly Eliminate Hurry Challenge on Monday, May 15th. Yep, the day after Mother's Day. It's my gift to you as a busy mama because it's what you truly need. How do I know? Because I've been there too. Be sure to join the community at redeemertime.com forward slash community or with the link in the show notes. So you'll be ready to start with us on Monday. Because when you're hurried, you're not fully present. Now, we can have amazing women around us to learn from, but the best place to look is to the word and to the word made flesh. That's Jesus. Did you notice he didn't have much time? He only lived 33 years and his ministry was just three. Three years to fulfill his mission to save the world seems like not nearly enough time in my estimation. And to think we feel confined with 18 years to raise our kids. If it were me, I would have felt hurried and stressed to try to fit it all in and do all I came to do, but not Jesus. So that challenge I mentioned, it's based on the book, The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry by John Mark Comer. It's a book that's been transformational in slowing down my own pace of life in several areas as I learn from his example. The challenge will give you a peek into the principles of the book, and today I want to give you a sneak peek by reading a section that shows us how Jesus' life in this world was different, or at least his response to the world around him was. This excerpt is from the chapter called, What We're Really Talking About is a Rule of Life. And here's what he says. If there's anything you pick up from reading the four gospels, it's that Jesus was rarely in a hurry. Can you imagine a stressed out Jesus? Snapping at Mary Magdalene after a long day, I can't believe you dropped the hummus. Sighing and saying to himself, I seriously need a glass of wine. Can you picture him half talking to you, half texting on his phone, the sporadic "Uh uh-huh punctuating a one-sided conversation? Can you hear him saying, I'm sorry, I'd love to heal your leg, but I have a plane to catch. I'm speaking at TEDx in Jerusalem tomorrow. Here's Thaddeus, an apprentice of mine nobody's ever heard of. He's happy to pray for you. I'm out. No, Jesus was constantly interrupted. Read the Gospels. Half the stories are interruptions. Yet, he never comes off as agitated or annoyed. Well, he does with religious people. That's yet another book, but he's not at interruptions. Jesus' schedule was full, to the brim at times in a good way, yet he never came off hurried. This rootedness in the moment and connectedness to God, other people and himself, weren't the byproducts of a laid back personality or a pre Wi-Fi world. They are the outgrowth of a way of life, a whole new way to be human that Jesus put on display in story after story. After all, 
This is the man who waited three decades to preach his first sermon. And after one day on the job as Messiah, he went off into the wilderness for 40 days to pray. Nothing could hurry this man. Think with me about Jesus' lifestyle for a few minutes. Jesus made sure to inject a healthy dose of margin into his life. It's been said that margin is the space between our load and our limits. For many of us, there is no space between our load and limits. We're not at 100% or 80% with room to breathe. We're at 100 all the time. Jesus' weekly schedule was a prophetic act against the hurried rhythms of our world. He would regularly get up early and go off to a quiet place to be with his father. There's a story where the disciples woke up and he was gone, left before dawn, just to be alone and greet the day with quiet. Sometimes he would go away overnight or even for a few weeks at a time just to get away from the crowds and gather himself to God. More than once, you read stories about Jesus sleeping in and the disciples having to wake him up. I like this Jesus and want to follow him. Every chance he got, he would enjoy a nice long meal with friends over a bottle of wine, creating space for in-depth conversations about the highs and lows of life. He would practice Sabbath on a weekly basis, an entire day set aside for nothing but rest and worship every single week. He lived freely and lightly, free of all the discontent and distraction that comes from too much money and stuff we don't need. We could go on, but my point is simple. He put on display an unhurried life where space for God and love for people were the top priorities. And because he said yes to the Father and his kingdom, he constantly said no to countless other invitations. Then he turned around and said, follow me. Wow. The question is, are we following in the way of Jesus or in the way of the world around us? I have to admit, it's more like the world for me often. True, Jesus was not a mother, but he did care for his children. He showed compassion and tenderness. He knew and he guided. He cared for and comforted. He protected and provided. And yet, he was never hurried and not only didn't complain about interruptions, but welcomed them, even correcting his disciples saying, let the little children come to me. Remember the story of his really good friend Lazarus whom he loved? He was sick, as in on his deathbed sick. But when Jesus got the near death message, not as a notification in his pocket, but by an in-person messenger, he does something unexpected. Listen to what happens in John 11. So when he heard that Lazarus was ill, he stayed two more days in the place where he was. And then he said to his disciples, let's go to Judea again. I'm pretty sure if I had gotten that message that one of my kids or one of my close friends was near death, I would drop everything and get there as soon as I could, even if I couldn't do anything to change things because I'm not Jesus, you know. So why didn't Jesus hurry to the bedside of his friend like we would? It wasn't that Jesus didn't care or that he wanted to get his full money's worth out of his current reservation. It was that he did care. He cared more about the physical, more than the physical bodies of those around him. He cared about their souls, which is why when he got the next message that Lazarus had died, he said to his disciples, for your sake, I am glad I was not there so that you may believe. And then a few verses later, he said to Martha, Lazarus' sister, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? And then a little while later, when he got to the tomb, he said, did I not tell you if you believed you would see the glory of God? And then he prayed right there in front of the now open tomb. Father, I thank you that you have heard me. 
that they may believe that you sent me. You see, Jesus had a bigger mission that directed how he spent his time. His mission was to bring the kingdom of God and to share God's plan of redemption. And so by not hurrying, by not rushing, by being in step with his father, God got even more glory. And he was able to complete what he came to do, even though he only had three years. So let's look to Jesus' example for principles that we can apply in our busy lives, whether that's because you're a mom or a friend or a business owner or any other role that you play in this season of life. As I reflect on what we see in him, I notice he was fully present in three areas, his relationship with God, his self and soul care, his mission and purpose. So one, his relationship with God. Jesus regularly prayed to God, seeking guidance and strength. In Matthew 14, 23, it says, and after he had dismissed the crowds, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone. Jesus recognized his mission was to do God's will, not his own. John 6, 38, for I have come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. Jesus emphasized the importance of loving God above all else. Matthew 22, 37 through 38, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. Jesus sought to glorify God in all he did. John 17, 4, I've brought you glory on earth by finishing the work you gave me to do. And Jesus manifested and maintained a close relationship with God, even in the face of great suffering. Matthew 26, 39 says, Going a little farther, he fell with his face to the ground and prayed, My father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me. Yet, not as I will, but as you will. You see, Jesus maintained a sense of peace and urgency because he fully focused on his mission and his relationship with God. He had a clear understanding of his purpose and his calling, and he trusted that God would provide everything he needed to fulfill that calling. Number two, he was present to his self and soul care. Jesus recognized the importance of rest and rejuvenation. In Mark 6, 31, he says, it says, then because so many people were coming and going that they did not even have a chance to eat, he said to them, come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. Jesus spent time alone in prayer and meditation. Luke 5.16 tells us, but Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. Jesus practiced forgiveness and taught his followers to do the same. Matthew 6.14, for if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly father will also forgive you. Jesus emphasized the importance of cultivating peace. Peace I live with you, leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. John 14, 27. And Jesus sought to heal the emotional and spiritual wounds of those he encountered. Isaiah 61, 1 says, He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners. You see, Jesus' example to prioritize physical, emotional, and spiritual health led him to take time to rest, recharge, and reconnect, even in the midst of a busy schedule. Taking care of body, mind, and soul helps maintain a sense of balance while still pursuing a mission with urgency. And number three, Jesus was fully present to his mission and purpose. Jesus understood that his purpose was to proclaim the good news of the kingdom of God. Luke 4:43 says, 
I must proclaim the good news of the kingdom of God to the other towns also, because that is why I was sent. Jesus knew that his mission was to bring salvation to all who would believe in him. John 3:17. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Jesus recognized that he would face opposition and persecution as he carried out his mission. In this world, you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. John 16, 33. Jesus remained focused on his mission, even when faced with distractions. In Mark 1, 38, he replied, Let us go somewhere else, to the nearby villages, so I can preach there also, because that is why I have come. And Jesus taught his disciples to follow his example and stay focused on their mission. In Matthew 10, verses 1 and 7, he called his 12 disciples to him and gave them authority to drive out impure spirits and to heal every disease and sickness. As you go, proclaim this message. The kingdom of heaven has come near. You see, Jesus had a clear understanding of his mission and did not allow himself to become distracted by lesser concerns, even when the Pharisees tried to trap him with trivial tests. He knew that his time was limited and so chose to live with intention to focus time and energy on pursuing his mission with urgency and purpose. And he has called us to follow him. What does that mean to follow Jesus? As John Mark Comer says in his book, it means you live the way Jesus lived. You take his life and teachings as your template, your model, your pattern. You ask one simple question. How would Jesus live if he were me? He didn't have his own children. So I imagine if he were a parent, he'd be present to his own father. He would care for his own wellness. He would spend time with those he was called to serve. Those are exactly the practices that will make you a great mom, especially when you're doing it with God, because he has extended a divine invitation to the with God life saying, I am with you. Will you be with me? Are you ready to rearrange your focus, to be present in your relationship with God, in yourself and soul care, in your mission and purpose like Jesus? That presence is what will allow you to be present as a mother and never be in a hurry no matter how much the world or Pinterest tells you otherwise. And if you want to ruthlessly eliminate hurry in your life to be more present, and if you like what you heard from the book, come join the Redeem Her Time community and be part of the five-day challenge starting Monday. And let's do this together. But like I said earlier, you can't do it the world's way, and you can't do it alone. So let's pray and commit this journey of life and motherhood to Him. Dear Heavenly Father, Thank you that you love us perfectly and want to be present with us as your children. We confess that we get caught in the hustle-hurry culture around us and find we're not fully present to you, to our self and soul care, and to the mission and purpose you have called us to in our roles as moms and the other places you have called us to serve. As we look to Jesus' example, may we see it as a pattern of living to emulate in our own lives. May we take the time to fill up our body, mind, and soul so that we can pour out into the lives of our kids and those you have put around us. Because apart from you, we can do nothing. So may we sit on your lap as our Heavenly Father and let you pour your love over us. May we look to you in your example of an unhurried pace of life so we don't miss the interruptions that you have intentionally put in our way to show us your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for joining me for this episode. And until next time, remember, you do have all the time you need to do what he has called you to in this season and in light of eternity.
Follow his example to create a rightly ordered schedule and a rightly ordered heart, because you are here for such a time as this. Hey, before you go, I pray this episode blessed you, challenged you, and moved you to take action. So, what was the one thing God showed you today? I'd love to hear. So would you take a minute to leave a review on Apple Podcasts? It makes my heart smile, and that way I know you're liking the show. And it helps other busy Christian women, just like you, find real-life answers too. Speaking of which, grab the link and share this with someone you know that's been praying for a breakthrough. And don't forget to come join the after party inside the Redeem Her Time community. We're not just about knowing, we're about doing, together. Head on over to redeemhertime.com to join the community, leave a question to be featured on the podcast, schedule a free 15-minute strategy session, or all the above. Of course, I'll drop the link in the show notes because I know you're a busy girl. Look carefully then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Ephesians 5, 15 through 16. I'll see you in a few days, friend. God bless.